district, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, fought the blokes missing. On all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex? Send the homie a text? That trash offers the best? You try to make it complex? Then they text you back, now all of a sudden they don't make any sense? <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Fish. What is up, Fantasyland? Week lucky number 13 in the house. We're looking at the money weeks ahead. Welcome to the GOAT District, live via the Player Profiler Network. Smash that like button. We appreciate you taking a fraction of a second to do so. Subscribe to the GOAT District channel. If you're still watching fantasy videos this time of year, you're for sure already subscribed to the GOAT District channel, but just in case you're new, you know, maybe you just discovered us on the Player Profiler Network. We appreciate you joining us. I'm with my man, the legend, the overhyped sleeper, Dan. How you doing, brother? I am doing great. I am uh, I was sick last week. I'm still sick, but I'm getting better finally. So. <laughs> I was <laughs> going to say, I'm we're both, happy we're both be, you yeah, know, we're... like health is one of those things you kind of take you know, for granted until you just don't have it for a while. And yeah, uh, so, and it's exciting because, uh, yeah, week, week 12, uh, when it's over, um, uh, in the big money tournaments and everything, this is, this is when the playoffs really start. So, uh, it's, it's my favorite time of year. Yeah, totally. Same. This is where you get to, to shed off the extra weight, Dan, those, those rosters that, you know, didn't make the noise you, you expected them to, and you get to focus on the ones that are still contending. Uh, FFPC Dynasty, though, just remember, if you're just starting in Dynasty, just because you're not in the playoffs competing for a championship, you're still competing for the draft picks uh, the way they do the consolation draft. So make sure you, you know, look into that if you're new to the Dynasty and the FFPC. Welcome to the chat, guys. We see you, Joey1912. Appreciate you guys joining us tonight. We got a lot to cover, Dan. We, we, we're trying to focus on letting the peeps or helping the peeps get their rosters ready for the money weeks, set up to win the ships, and a little focus on the running back position because, you know, I mean, even our main man, we're just taking a beating with these injuries. So I'm sure everyone else is. Let's, uh, let's just dive right into it, Dan. Frank Reich, uh, recently fired head coach Frank Reich, Dan, listen to this. We'll make about $25,000 a day from the Panthers for the next three weeks to do nothing, according to at underscore MLF football. Yeah, next, what was that? That's three years, that is. Not, not three What weeks, did I right? say? What did I say? Three, three weeks. So, oh, yeah, apologies. it's three years. Next three yes. years. Yeah, that's a, that's a big correction. Apologies. <laughs> three years. See, Dan, that's why you're how, there, man. And how that's much is he making right. from the Colts, too? He's got to be making some money from the Colts. That's right. That's what going to say. Frank Reich is doing that. You know, life's good for Frank. I mean, he gets another job. He gets another job in the offseason, but I don't think he's you know going to be rushing 
to, to do up his resume. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I could spend 25K a day for a week, <laughs> maybe two. I just don't life. think I could keep that up for the long term. I mean, I think I'd be running out of things to spend money on. So, uh, yeah, good good for you, Frank. Uh, you know, you, you had to put up with uh, David Tupper, and, uh, you know, for that, you deserve it. 1912 saying 25k for, for three weeks isn't that bad either <laughs> we'd all and take two. that yeah we would yeah, all exactly. take that exactly um all right well i mean look we it hasn't worked out so far um where did i see uh josh norris was actually reporting uh or reporting dropped earlier just a few details um on the front ranks frank reich bryce young dynamic basically frank reich wanted bryce to uh Reed plays off of wristband. I don't know if that's more old school than getting it in the the you know in the uh, in the helmet, which is what Bryce preferred, and uh, that disconnect led to you know delay games, clock issues, that kind of thing uh, during the season. I don't know, Dan, if you uh, you believe all this stuff, you think this is uh, true, you think this is part of that relationship, coach QB, but then maybe they adjust, or you think this actually affected things between them. I mean, there's got to be something going on there, um, you know. Tupper's a bad owner. We, we, we have pretty good evidence of that right now. But firing a second coach partway through the year, you have to think there was something seriously going wrong, you know, on a level that we can't see for him to be willing to make that move. Um, and that's, you know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, could be anything. But that, that sounds as likely as anything else, um, you know. But on the other hand, you know, Tupper can't, you know, you, you can't fire your ways to success, I guess is the way I would put it. Um, you know, well, especially with the, especially with the, with a rookie quarterback, Dan, like, I, look, I, I'm yeah. not, I'm not a Bryce Young fan personally, but he, he, look, you guys moved up to get him. And that's what uh, NFL rumors here is saying. Just, just, a, just remember when the Frank Reich firing, uh, he wanted to draft C.J. Stroud and the order wanted to draft Bryce Young, right? So now that C.J. Stroud's success is like pouring salt on the wound, you know, Dan? It's just like making this whole situation work. And that's probably why this eruption came early is just because they're watching, you know, C.J. Stroud. And, and maybe it's kind of like the guilt of making the team do that, the franchise do that. Now he's like, I got to do something, right? And, and Frank Wright is obviously, as the head coach, the first one in reach yeah yeah definitely and you know it's it's not really fair for uh you know bryce young uh to you know have to put up with us it's you know he he can't control what cj stroud does or doesn't do uh he can only control what he does he can only you know he can't even control really who his coach is or anything like that uh you know it tupper if he if he wants to make a go of this he really needs to figure it out and the problem is by firing Right again, you know, a year after firing uh, Matt Rule, it's going to make it really tough to find a good coach to come in and um, you know work with Bryce Young. I mean, you know, the the opportunity to work with Bryce Young should be at least semi attractive. But you know, they've got, they've lost their first round pick. Uh, you know, everybody's looking at him going, "Well, he's not C.J. Stroud," and they're looking at the owner going, "This guy, this goofball, can fire me in you know." 12 games or whatever. Now, if it's, you know, an established coach who's like, you know what, I don't care. If somebody wants to pay me to sit on the bench for three years after next year, that's fine. But he's not going to get any kind of uh, up-and-coming coach because, you know, if you're 
uh, Ben Johnson, you know, for example, from, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Lions. Yeah. Ben Johnson already said no to him last year. Why is he going to say yes to him this year? You know, why would Ben Johnson want to take this job? Because you know what? You get fired halfway through your first year. You got the stink of failure. Yeah. And no first-time head coach is going to want to, you know, put themselves in that kind of a situation. You, you know, you might as well just, you know, like take the gun and just stick it right here. Because sooner or later, somebody's going to pull that trigger on you. Yeah, it's that whole balance, right, with patience and patience with the young mm -hmm. players, new coaches, new systems, how long they're going to take to kick in, and then you got the pressure of needing to win. So it's, you know, it's it, the, the and like you said, just having a bad owner overall. But you would think with the pieces they put around young as as a rookie, somebody failed there, in my opinion. I mean, who's, who's, who's like feelings your best receiver, you know what I mean? And then you've got Chuba Hubbard who's leading the way, and as much as I love my fellow Canadian – I prefer him as my RB2 than, you know, as my RB1 right now, which is doing all right. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see who ends up. Do you have any thoughts on who ends up here? Uh, Not really any thoughts on who ends up here coaching. I mean, you know, I guess for the rest of the year, um, you know, I think if the interim coach is smart, he's going to find out, you know, what they have with some of their younger players. Uh, you know, if I'm, a, if I'm rostering Adam Thielen and relying on them in any sort of way, uh, last week's result already made me feel pretty bad about putting him into my lineup anymore. And the fact that there's a coach who might be prioritizing, uh, you know, Jonathan Mingo and, you know, younger players over him uh, also gives me a little bit of pause because I'm not really sure what Adam Thielen adds other than just being a security blanket for Bryce Young. Who knows? Maybe that's enough. But, um, you know, that... I don't feel any better about starting Thielen because of this coaching change. I'll tell you that much, and I probably feel a little worse. How do you feel about it, J.D.? Dan, we're going to come back to that right after a word, and I'll let you guys know uh, right after a word uh, to our sponsor that we have to go to right now after this sound, Dan. We'll be right back. This episode brought to you by Mojo. Mojo is that player stock market. We love Mojo because we like making lifetime bets on players. You run out the clock on these guys. Mojo just rolled out a brand new fantasy platform. That's right. So now you can build a portfolio of player props. Oh, Jamar Chase over 77.5. Oh, Kadarius Tony under 15.5. Whatever the under is on Kadarius Tony, doesn't matter. You can just stack up the props in your portfolio. And the beauty is once the Sunday games kick off, it's not over. It's not over until it's over with Mojo because once those games kick off, you can then move in and out of positions. Let's say that you're well ahead of expectations. You can cash out. Let's say you're behind expectations. You're underwater. Well, you can double down. That's what makes Mojo so special, why they're different. Check it out. Go to the App Store. Get the Mojo app and use the promo code UNDERWORLD. The promo code UNDERWORLD Gets you a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. So the promo code is UNDERWORLD, and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Go to Mojo, start building your portfolio, and then during the games, you can be a fantasy day trader. We are back, Dan. You're going to love the enthusiasm that uh, <laughs> brings uh, in those, in those uh, commercials. But check out Mojo for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like for just to finish off down with Carolina, we spent maybe a little more time than we wanted on this, but I feel like someone with a lot of experience uh, would help coming into this young situation. And of course, J 
just bring in some weapons, man. You know, bring get get Bryce Young as many weapons as you can because then that seems to always be the road to success because then even if the quarterback doesn't pan out, then you go out and get like that Rodgers or that kind of quarterback that's just looking for like a, a, a you know, a fast car uh, to, to compete. And uh, then you've got all the pieces already there for them. So I feel like, you know, maybe a more experienced guy coming in would, would definitely help. Uh, let's go to my Colts, Dan, one of my favorite dudes, JT, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, bad news today with him uh, having thumb surgery. He was just finally starting to pay off. I know, you know, as a JT owner, it's it was painful to begin the year, and then you finally get to play him, and then he's, like, kind of all right, and then he's finally giving, gives you the touchdown game, and then you find out that, you know, while he's reaching into the end zone, he breaks his uh, thumb, I believe it was. So is it Zach Moss, season Dan, um, a guy I was very, uh, you know, skeptical at first just because, you know, those guys who come in right away. Anyways, let's we've talked Zach Moss in the past, but let's like let you go first with regards to Zach Moss, season Dan. Is it here? And is this guy going to be the best get for contenders right now in Dynasty for trades? And is he going to be the best get to bring us to the promised land if you have him on your roster? Yeah, I think so for a couple of reasons. I mean, you know, number one, nobody's gonna you know break the bank to um, to buy Zach Moss um, in Dynasty. What's and what do you, you know? What are you paying for him, man? I don't know. I think I think probably the going price is gonna be a like a low second or something like that. Um, okay. You know, I I don't think you can get more than a second out of him. Um, you know, I, I think anybody, any contender is going to probably uh, balk at spending any more than that. Um, you know, but the, the nice thing is, is you're taking a piece that really doesn't have a great deal of future value, and you can probably turn it into that low second. Could you uh, pair it? Could you pair it if you're selling them? Can you pair it with a second to get yourself a first, maybe in Dynasty from a contender? No. I mean, I I don't think I'd pay that price. Um, okay. Just simply because we don't even know how, you know, maybe if Jonathan Taylor goes on injured reserve, uh, that would be a consideration if you feel like you're a slam dunk to be, you know, one of the bottom two picks or something like that um, in the draft. But uh, other than that, no, I don't think so. I would, you know, and, and really the best thing about Zach Moss um, is that he doesn't have to compete with Zach Moss, uh, you know, and that's always the nice thing when you, you know, your backup running back comes in is, uh, you know, you've lost automatically the biggest competition, which was your starter. And now, you know, it's going to be Zach Moss competing with, you know, players who are, you know, even less than him as far as running backs. There's still going to be somebody spelling him, you know, so, you know, it's not going to be, you know, 100% Zach Moss backfield, but, you know, he's going to get probably a higher percentage than, uh, you know, like when Taylor and Moss were splitting. Uh, than what that was uh, for Jonathan Taylor. So, uh, you know, and, and Moss has proven that he can shoulder the load. Uh, he can handle, you know, things in the passing games. He can handle the goal line touches. He can handle pretty much every part of the job. So there's no part of the field where you really feel like you need to take him off. You're just taking him off for, for breathers. And, uh, you know, so that's a good thing. And the Colts are, you know, still in the thick of the playoff race too, which also helps Zach Moss out. So, uh, yeah. I think it's great ad. Uh, you know, it's just you. If you're trying to sell them, you're not going to be able to get, you know, premium premium value. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to sell them, just push the fact that he's tenth right now, Dan, in rushing yards, fifteenth yards per touch, tenth in RB ten in TDs with ten 
touchdowns in 10 games. That made sense. RB21 yep. right now, fantasy points. For for the amount of time that he did start, start, game, start games then, uh, he did give us RB2 ceiling even this, you know, with, with some top 10s mixed in. So he can give us a nice ceiling week. Will it be consistent? Probably not. But like you said, we're going to talk about what we're looking for in our running backs, you know, moving uh, into the next segment. But the intention of the team, the offense, they're, they're, they're in a playoff run. So they're going to be trying to score points. You know, they're going to they're going to keep the ball rolling even if JT's not around for two three weeks. It's not like they're you know looking to twenty twenty four yet. So I think this is a great spot for JT, especially like you said, Dan, for the price. Um, definitely a nice add. He's going to be part of something, Dan, this time of year. <laughs> you and I have gone through uh, some you know a few times with some decisions, especially those last minute. You know, you just can't decide the last minute decisions. Just the agony. Then and sometimes ecstasy of playoff lineup decision, right? So let's, I mean, I'll pass this to you. What's, let's start this off, you know, like what, how do you kind of make those decisions? What are you, what are you looking, what do you look at? What do you, what's important to you when you're making those decisions? How do you go about it? Yeah. So it's a, you know, to me, it's one of the toughest times of year because everything really matters. Uh, you know, it, you might be even right now, even if the playoffs don't start for a couple of weeks, you might personally, your team might really be in the playoffs because you're sitting on the, you know, the cusp of the playoffs. You're in, you know, the sixth spot or seventh spot or something like that. You know, you want to lose a game here. It could can throw you in or out of the playoffs. So, you know, really you're, you're kind of in win or go home scenarios right now. Uh, you know, but the main thing to remember is you're never going to get to every decision perfect. Um, but we want to be as right as often as we possibly can, uh, you know. So that's kind of the goal, uh, you know. And sometimes you can you can still you know make decisions, and your process can be good, and you can have some spectacular failures. I had one of those uh, this past week. It was just I mean I mean it was ugly. Uh, I started Adam Thielen, who got one point five points, Gus Edwards four point seven points, and Jalen Warren who got 8.2 points over Kyron Williams, 38.4 points. Say Flowers, 23.2 points. And Rasheed Rice, 24.7 points in my most expensive league. How fun was that? <laughs> so what, what's the and, lesson there, Dan? What's your, what did you learn from that, if anything? Well, my, the lesson was, uh, I, you know, I looked at my process and, you know, sometimes you can look at your, your process in hindsight and you can say, oh, well, I should have known this. I should have known that. Uh, I still feel pretty good about my process. Kyron Williams, I didn't want to throw him in there because I had really good options. You know, Gus Edwards was on a heater. Jalen Warren uh, was on a heater and they were talking about getting him more touches in that offense. Adam Thielen. Third most targets in uh, you know in the NFL, I, I believe, going into last week. You know, these are not players that you want to be benching uh, necessarily. You know, and I'm looking at these other guys. I got Kyron Williams, who you know you can look at his 38.4 points. You can go, well, no duh. You know, look at his position in the offense. You should have known to start him. Well, you know, how about all the Devin Achan owners the previous week? Uh, you know, who got shafted by throwing their guy right in. I like to give a guy a week to kind of show me what he's got after he gets off the uh, the injured reserve. Zay Flowers, you know, yeah, uh, good offense, but, you know, how much are they going to need to pass? You know, when, when you lose Mark Andrews, 
The only thing I know for sure is they're probably going to run more often. Rasheed Rice is the one I feel really bad about because I, you know, I'm looking at him and I'm going, I should have kind of figured out from the pin action that, uh, you know, if Kadarius Tony is out and um, I'm trying to think who else was out, uh, blanking on the name, but another one of the wide receivers, oh, Miko Hardman, yeah, was out, yeah. and so I should have been thinking, you know, that leaves more, more targets for Rice, but Rice up to now has not been a guy that you can count on. You know, the so worst is you told me to play rice. You play, <laughs> told me to play rice in one of my fantasy pros, and he and he crushed it for me, which was perfect. Right, right, right. Yeah, but you didn't have <laughs> you know like the same options that I had. So yeah, you know, yeah, no, for sure. It you well, know, so with, you, with, you, yeah, no, I just yeah. with Tyron Williams. I mean, the thing with him is, if you look at like this year, every like the weeks that he's played, he's had really two weeks where he wasn't a top ten out of right. two, four, six, seven weeks. So five out of, you know what I mean, out of seven weeks, when he's on the field, he's basically giving you a top 10 week. Right. Same thing with A-Chan, though, you know? Yeah, but yeah. you, ha- I feel like you, that's what I'm saying. I feel like yeah. I don't I don't think there's a fault. I, and I even, like, I'll, you know, just one of my notes is I'm always aiming for ceiling, you know, when I'm, when I'm especially this time of year, like, more than any. Mm-hmm. Like, you just want to score as many points you can every week, especially in these fantasy, pro, fantasy pros teams. Dan, one of my best teams right now is in, like, I think, uh, five or six hundredth place or something in, in fantasy pros it's six and six and i've got kyron williams and cmc as my running backs but it's because i'm just shooting for the moon you know what i mean like every every week right. and that's what you got to do so i mean that's got to play in your decision i feel like at a chain kyron williams like you got to play those guys you know when when they're in there and i'm not like pooping on you for not playing them in your position because that's a tough one right i'm just saying that when i look at it that's kind of one thing that i would look you know take into consideration yeah, yeah. See, now, if, if this had been one of those type of leagues, I would probably would have given a little bit more consideration to that. Also, yeah. the fact that I was favored in this game, uh, you know, it was a standalone <laughs> league and I'm favored. You know, so I'm like, I just don't want to screw this up, right? And by trying to not screw it up, I screw it up. But, yeah. you know, that's the thing. It can happen to any anybody. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to Gus the Bus later when we talk. <laughs> uh, we'll get into to some specific because I want to talk just Baltimore running backs overall. It wasn't in the list you originally put in, but I added it at the bottom there just because I feel like they're worth talking about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But anyway, just a you know a, a few thoughts before we get off the subject, and JD will have some thoughts as well. But uh, you know, you know, I guess first and foremost, don't be a slave to where you drafted a player. Uh, you know, it if they're not working out, they're not working out, uh, and you just have to recognize that and move on. Uh, you know, and so I'm always at this time looking for trends and hot hands and leaning into those. Uh, you know, and you can you can kind of make that argument with Kyron about uh, you know, well that's that's definitely the trend. I was making the argument with Gus. You know, this is the hot hand. You know, this guy is scoring touchdowns, and you know I knew he wasn't going to get a ton of yards, but I was like, you know, if he can get those touchdowns, uh, you know, so that's you know. Those things can make you, they can break you, but uh, you know it's something you got to think about. And then you know the one, the one that I probably missed the most on is just you know watching for the pin action on the injury reports, how it can benefit you or hurt you. Uh, you know when you're looking at a player like Rasheed Rice, you know I probably should have given a little bit more thought to the fact that hey, he's going to be one of uh, Mahomes' only targets going into this game, and it's it, it's a game they definitely need. So. Uh, you know, it, 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 and the nice thing is, you know, now it's another piece of information on Rasheed Rice. Uh, you know, I feel a lot better about starting him going forward. But, uh, you know, going into it, it was kind of, you know, he, he'd had some good games, but also some bad games. Uh, make sure that you're, 
you're not trusting role players over main offensive cogs either. You know, like you get tempted to start a, you know, Gabe Davis has a couple good games and you're tempted to start him over, um, you know, like a Devontae AJ Adams Brown or somebody or like that. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and you just don't want to get yourself into that trap. Uh, make sure you're starting your, your main offensive cogs wherever they're at. Uh, whether you drafted them early, drafted them late, whatever the case, uh, make make sure you, you you play those guys and don't worry about defenses either. You know, like sometimes people will will allow defenses to talk them into benching good players, and you just can't really let yourself do that because you know what they're good players because they play good against good defenses and bad defenses. So you know your stars are your stars. Uh, you know there's no way that you want to be benching somebody. Uh, you know, that's been performing pretty much week in and week out for you, even if they're playing the Jets, you know, uh, even if they're playing the 49ers, whatever the case, you just, you, you don't want to do that, you know, and, and, and last but not least, you know, again, you got to do what I did, you know, make your decisions, be at peace with them, you know, and trust the process. Uh, it's not always going to be perfect, uh, but, you know, trust the process more often than that, you're going to come out with the right result. I like it. Agree with all of it. Uh, I'll just add a couple of your player studs. I mean, for me, it's simple. Uh, I know you said with regards to where you draft these guys, but that's it's not about where you draft them. You know by now who your studs are. It doesn't matter where, where you drafted them. Kyron Williams is a stud now, you know. Uh, so for me, it's player studs above, like Dan said. Know who your secondary guys and who your main guys are. And don't, you know, don't deviate from that too much. Don't get too hung up on the prior week. Each week in football is a new week, guys. We forget that sometimes, you know, for the, for these teams even. Like, that's how they approach every week, like a new week. So the offense is not necessarily going to run the same way as, you know, you watch them play the previous Monday night or whatever on primetime. So just try to keep that into consideration. Again, stick to the – but when there's tiebreakers, um, again, I, I always said, like, look for the look for the ceiling. I like to look at what Vegas says. We, You know, I talk about it on the show, Dan, looking at lines on the game, uh, you know, prop bet lines that kind of thing it's not to say that that's how many yards a guy's gonna go or throw or run or whatever but it just gives you an idea you know what way vegas is seeing the game vegas is pretty smart on, on where they put these lines so um take a look at that and uh strength of schedule uh you know like dan said don't get too deviated by defenses but when you're looking at tiebreakers i feel like now we know we have a better idea about these defenses than we did when we were drafting like in august and september and people are looking at you know strength of season and stuff so those are a couple things to add. I think that gives you a good idea, Dan. Let's get into the the meat of this, Dan. It's you know, it, it, the running back position, it's tight end position, injuries, right, Dan? It's injuries. Just keep injuries and opportunities, right? Guys get hurt, other guys get opportunities, and it keeps it interested. For me, it's my favorite position, but it's also a frustrating position because you know, like what you're feeling it now, man. You got those teams, Dan, where it's it's you know you're out of options, you know. I, running back you and i have been in those are in a couple of those uh, situations some some of our cohen teams but talk about what's critical for you right now when you're looking at running backs when you're making this run towards championships what, what are you looking for in these running back what's important to you yeah for the running backs i mean you know for the most part i'm looking for uh guys who can be bell cows uh you know i don't want to try to uh do a whole lot of guessing between uh you know, two guys who are kind of sharing a position a little bit, you know, like the, the Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, um, you know, the Jalen Warren, Najee Harris looked like it was kind of starting to break in favor of uh, Jalen Warren. 
now it looks like it's kind of back to a committee. You know, things like that, they, they just get... Does it matter, Dan, for Pittsburgh that they showed that they could each get 100 yards in, in a game? Like, you know what I mean? Maybe they're, they're not as they're not capping each other as much if the the game uh um like the game flow or whatever calls for it yeah and improved offense in in pittsburgh definitely helps out you know it's not like you know i'm gonna there's not a lot of teams that can have either a jalen warner or Najee harris and afford to keep them on the bench uh you know if you've got big starting lineups like most of the contest leagues you're probably going to be starting those guys but you know you're you're really looking for the guys who can help you out a little bit more. You know, if you're talking dynasty leagues, uh, you know, if you can, if you can take a, you know, a Jalen Warren and, uh, you know, something else and trade up for a running back who's going to be even more reliable, you know, maybe you, you think uh, that's going to be Tony Pollard or whatever, uh, you know, that's the move to make, you know, rather than, than be hanging on that guy who might or might not get you the, get you there every week. You want to get the guy who is going to get you there. Because you know what, your competition just gets tougher as you move through the fantasy postseason. Um, mm-hmm. You know, every, every round of the playoffs you go through, it's just getting tougher to win, and so it's more and more important that you have guys you can totally rely on. Bad weather conditions definitely cause teams to feature the running backs more too. So, uh, you know, that's another reason why you want to have those good running backs. And then just defenses are getting worn down by this. You know December, and uh, you know so some offenses are just going to sit there and hammer them with the running backs. Uh, you know, and just you know, like Derrick Henry always seems to you know like late November, he always seems to get lathered up, and all of a sudden you know he's going for a couple touchdowns and putting together hundred yard games and all of that kind of stuff. And in September, it's like you know Derrick Henry is going to have a lot of these uh, you know fifteen for forty games and mm-hmm. no or one touchdowns. So you know we want those backs that are just going to sit there and hammer and hammer and hammer uh, on the opposition in December. Yeah. I mean, it, it gets that time of year, Dan, where the, the, the games get tighter, the defense, you know, it does get tighter, but like you said, later in the year, there's those hits aren't as hard coming at the running back as they were in September. Right. The, the, and maybe even the talent because it's, they've, you know, they're going down the injury uh, with, with regards to the depth at defense on that team. So definitely, for me, keeping it simple, as I say often, running backs uh, seem to shine, in, especially in good offenses, Dan. Like, you know, we've seen Singletary finish strong in, in, in a Buffalo offense. Um, you know, we had guys like David Montgomery when Chicago had a good, you know, end of season there. He, he kind of won people playoffs um, that season. So you got to pay attention to that, how teams are trending, trending, but also how the offense changes as you get towards – you know, the, the NFL playoffs too. Uh, climate, you talked about team positional competition. So like you said, obviously we prefer those workhorses, but, you know, is he competing against one guy, two guys? Baltimore keeps coming to mind because, I, I mean, I, I had a lot of JK this year and, you know, it's Dan and I, you know, we, we went and got Keaton Mitchell at a desperate time last week, but it's just that the running back in that offense just can't give you a good ceiling. Like that's just how I'm, I'm feeling right now, especially with three guys there's like three of them right now that are pretty, uh, pretty much rolling um, in that offense right now. Uh, injury prone. I don't think you can really, I don't know. I'm not an injury prone kind of guy. It's the NFL. Everybody's injury prone in my opinion. I mean, obviously a chain and all them in their, their early uh, careers, but also smaller guys. Like, do you look at that then? Um, as, as we get in this time of year, the smaller guys versus like the sturdier guys that maybe will, will give you more, uh, more, more last, last long. 
Yeah, I think you you know you look at track record, um, and that's got to count for a little bit. Uh, you know, and and the thing is, in in the contest leagues, you know, you you can't really pick and choose your guys. Uh, you know, the the guys who are on your team are the guys you have, and so you know mm-hmm. you've got to kind of work with that. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, you know, you can look at at the some of these smaller players who are newer to the NFL and you can kind of do the math you know some of these guys just don't know how to prepare for the season quite yet uh so maybe a little bit more likely to get injured you know again I'm not big on the injury prone thing but you know does it surprise me when Achan gets injured at his size and running between the tackles as he's doing a fair amount of the time it it doesn't really surprise me you know so uh you know making sure that I've got uh, you know, the Jeff Wilsons or, or whoever in reserve, uh, you know, again, the, the Mostert ship sailed uh, basically at the draft. No, nobody gave up Mostert. You know, he wasn't sitting around on waiver wires in these championship leagues. But, uh, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. And you just you have to look for players that, you know, might be able to come in and help you. Because if you stop playing the, you know, the zero running back game, whether you've got four good running backs or one good running back or no good running backs, you still got to treat every week as if you're playing a zero running back because you know what, uh, you you could end up weak and all of a sudden you Jonathan Taylor's hurt and uh, you know Devon A chain and you had uh, you know Aaron Jones and you know your your running backs can be in shambles real quick so you you got to keep playing that game all the way through. Yeah, I, I thought I'd bring that up. Just I saw. It. Uh, an, an X, Dan. What do we what do we call these things these days? A tweet? That's not a tweet anymore, is it? I don't even I, know. I, I, I'm still calling them tweets. I'm still calling right, them Twitter. Let's tweets. I don't give a crap. Yeah, who gives Musk a shit. Call uh, whatever he wants. Play, players who have been labeled injury prone before this year: Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Lamar Jackson, DeAndre Swift, Keenan Allen, George Kittle have missed a combined three games this season. So he says. Good luck predicting injuries, and that's kind of why I thought it'd be interesting to bring that up. I thought that was an interesting little tidbit because you got to think like yeah. Keenan Allen, you know, George Kittle, Dan. People just assume oh, they're they're going to be injured. Combined three games, not bad with uh, production you're getting from those guys so far this year. So let's go details. I mean, we could have we got 30 minutes, Dan, basically less actually a bit less than 30 um, to to get through this. We could have I you know we could have kept adding names to this list, but let's try to kind of. Talk about each individual guy, what we think, you know, is not like rapid fire, but, you know, in a quick enough manner, just kind of can these guys be the guys you need them to be, the league winners, right? The guys that take you to the promised land, the guys you can put in your RB1, your RB2 slot, and they give you those, you know, 19, 21, 18, point five, whatever, you know, high high teens, early 20s into, into the 40s. I mean, obviously is what you want from these guys, but... Let's start at the top, Dan. And I was thinking, I'm looking at, like, again, some tweets that I, I was looking at earlier, and you look at rushing, rushing yards leaders right now. I feel like this is almost becoming the tight end position where you've got, like, one guy at the top, you know, in Kelsey, and then just everyone else. At one point, anyways, the tight end position was very top-heavy. Um, you know, it still is. So you've got him at eight or 939 yards and then Mostert next at 780.85 and then it kind of you know goes kind of flat down so for CMC for you it, I mean he's obviously the, the best at the position he's probably going to be you think he's the, the 101 next year pretty much across the board unless something huge happens between now and end of the year yeah yeah more than likely and yeah that's the thing I mean you know if you've got McCaffrey you've you've got a hammer in the playoffs that really 
nobody can touch. Uh, you know, most of the running backs are running five or more fantasy points a week behind what McCaffrey's running. Uh, you yeah. Know, so this is, you know, this is exactly what you're looking for. You're looking for a guy who's got, you know, um, a, a big share of the offense, you know, not only of the rushing offense, but of the offense as a whole, able to catch passes, uh, you know, on a great team that scores a bunch of touchdowns, sustained drives, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, everything just aligns for McCaffrey. Uh, you know, this is the ideal of what we're looking for. Everybody else is like, how many, how many McCaffrey-like traits can we put together? And, you know, that's what we're looking for for them. Yeah, averaging 3.8 more fantasy points um, on average than, than the next guy in Mostert. Is he the MVP, Dan? Does he have an, a chance to, if, if they go all the way, is, is he the MVP or is it the usual where they give it to Purdy type of thing? It, or it, it's it's, it's always going to go to the quarterback. It's the, you know. Poor running backs, eh? You can be yeah. CMC and just destroy the league and still not win it. Right, exactly. He could destroy the league. I mean, you know, Tyree Kill could get 2,000 yards. He, you know, people might consider him a little bit, but I don't think he could win, you know. And he could be the first 2,000-yard receiver in the history of the NFL. And, you know, he still can't sniff the MVP. Uh, to me, that's crazy. I mean, you know, Tyree, Tyree Kill, if the Dolphins go anywhere, Tyree Kill is the MVP of that team. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's the guy that, uh, you know, stirs the drink there. Uh, you know, there's no way those running backs have that rushing success if every, if every defense isn't terrified of Tyreek Hill. But anyway, we digress. Scott Barrett put out <laughs> 2023 leaders by PPR fantasy points per team play, Dan. Can you guess guess these? So first, you just talked about them. Tyreek yeah. Hill, for sure. CMC, number two. Actually, number three, you might not, you probably wouldn't get. Keenan Allen? Uh, yeah. I didn't realize, actually, I didn't realize you'd be that high. Yeah, that would have been one of my early guesses, but I have a lot of Keenan Allen, so okay. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> You're biased. JJ yes. number three, who thank you know, thankfully he's coming back finally. Six and five and six, Dan, is what I was saying earlier. Why you have to play these guys. Devon A. Chain, Kyron Williams. There you go. And then CeeDee C. Lamont in the seventh spot. So cool tweet there from uh, Scott Barrett at Scott Barrett DFB. Let's go to we talked JT already. You talked about Derrick Henry. Bijan. I was I was looking um Rushing play percentage, third in the league right now, Atlanta. Bijan, cry emoji, Dan, for this season. How do you see it rest away? And what are your thoughts, like, even next year? Is he still a first-rounder for you? Yeah, I think he's still going to be a first-rounder. I mean, you know, I, I think he's just going to continue to get used a little bit more and a little bit more. Uh, you know, Arthur Smith isn't stupid. Uh, you know, we like to think that he is, but I, I don't think he is. You know, Bijan got two touchdowns this last week. Uh, you know, it was one of them was a, a, a pass. It was just a total thing of beauty. Uh, you know, and it just showed off his skill set there. And then, you know, the other one's a rushing touch touchdown, which shows off his skill set on the ground. You know, this is a this is he's got a, a CMC like skill set. Uh, you know, the Atlanta offense is not as good, but you know, I don't know. Maybe Arthur Smith is learning. Maybe he's going to keep using him a little bit more. I know he used a lot of uh, Allgaier and uh, Cordero Patterson this past week, but that was basically to close out the game. Uh, you know, Bijan definitely got a good share of, uh, you know, touches and targets in that game. Uh, just going back to Derrick Henry real quick, the, you know, the one caveat I'm going to give people on Derrick Henry is just the fact that they're not going to be favored in any other games like they were against Carolina. 
And Henry does better when he's in a you know a positive game script where uh, you know the the Titans are ahead. Uh, I'm not sure how much that's going to happen, so he can easily get game scripted out. But I'll tell you what, man, in December, uh, you know having that guy running at you like a freight train, defenders do not want to tackle that. Yeah, Harry Snowman, shout out to Harry Snowman. Don't forget to smash the like button, guys. We appreciate you guys hanging with us. Tonight, we're going to keep smashing through these running backs. We talk about Kyron Williams. For me, ding, ding, ding can definitely be winner, winner, chicken dinner. If he keeps putting out these numbers. Uh, Josh Jacobs, RB3, Dan, since week 9, week 12, uh, looked very promising. Second time we saw him go over 100 yards. And, you know, with a new coaching staff, you kind of look for new trends, right? So you hope that continues. How do you feel about Josh Jacobs down the stretch uh, under this new coach regime for the Raiders? Yeah, I like Jacobs a lot here because, you know, basically since the the moment that uh, Antonio Pierce got the job as interim coach, you know, he made the team's offensive identity around Josh Jacobs, whereas, uh, you know, Josh McDaniel was trying to, to make the identity pretty much anything but Josh Jacobs, which just didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. So, yeah, I, I, I think... Jacobs is going to get a ton of opportunities. I mean, that's all we can ask for in the running back business is a ton of opportunities like that. We wish the offense was better, but, uh, you know, I, I think it does get better the more you're featuring Jacobs and the more you're featuring, you know, your other star, Devontae Adams. And it seems like that uh, Pierce is trying to do that as a co- head coach. So we like that. Eckler, Dan, another first-round running back that um... – fantasy land i mean the chargers as a whole he's given us some pretty good weeks uh in eckler giving us some duds uh including week 11 and last week uh under 10 points on both weeks both occasions is he proof then that players and coaches who know about fantasy football don't necessarily help fantasy football owners because i feel like we kind of think oh yeah that you know they don't care about fantasy you know whether they do or don't doesn't necessarily mean they're going to help you right then Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the thing is, is Eckler, he, he got hurt and he still just does not look like he's got his full explosion to me. Uh, you know, and that's that's hurting him a lot. Also, the fact that they just don't really seem to have any other answers in the passing game other than Keenan Allen. Uh, you know, the, the whole offense is kind of hamstrung a little bit because they're, you know, they've become pretty one dimensional and easy to stop. You know, Eckler, you got to pay attention to him, but, you know, he's not demanding the attention that he has been in previous years. Keenan Allen is really the only guy who's demanding that attention. You know, and if you've only got two guys to run the offense through, uh, you know, and one of them's kind of on a bad wheel, it's not the greatest situation in the world. But, you know, Eckler's going to get out there and give you all he's got. You know, the Chargers are are desperate to try to stay in the playoff chase. Uh, You know, so some good things can happen there, but, uh, you know, there, there are other running backs that I like better. Andrea Swift in Philly, Dan, uh, they just come off a big win with Buffalo. Fourth in rushing yards, 12th in fantasy points per game, 12th in red zone touches. I said it last week or the week before, it just seems like he just found his home. You know, in Detroit, it always mm-hmm. seemed like he was that uh, that between-the-20s kind of guy that we, you know, that you just don't want to end up with in your fantasy team. But now he's he's doing all right, man. In, in Philly, how do you like him down the stretch here? Yeah, the, his main problem is the brotherly shove. Um, you know, the old tush push yeah, with, uh, with Jalen Hurts. What a, um, what a problem to have. Abs- yeah. yeah, but it's absolutely killing his touchdown scoring. That and the fact yeah. that they seem to like to use uh, Gainwell 
occasionally around the goal line as well. So Swift is kind of that between the 20s guy that you wish was getting a little bit more action around the goal line, and he's just not. Uh, you know, he, he, he's a guy that can, uh, you know, he's a useful cog, but he's not going to drive fantasy championships, I don't think. Yeah, only three goal line uh, touches Dan this year. Um, but, you know, busy in the, the red zone in general, which you would expect from Philly being high scoring. Do you think they keep the tush push thing going? Like, do they want to maybe hold Hertz back going into the play? No, they just go full throttle, eh, Philly? That's how they roll. I mean, yeah, they just, you know, uh, I think they're going to keep doing it until it bites them in the butt. And yeah. so far it hasn't. So, yeah. Excuse the pun. Saquon Barkley, Dan in uh in giants he's he's been all right considering everything going on there apart from philly decent strength of schedule um when you're looking at rush defenses move down the stretch here do you like him um down the stretch i know we have him in the money league which dan we're, we're barely hanging on after that last loss there we're like we went from what third to sixth i think yeah don't don't look at our lineup this week all, all of our players <laughs> are on by <laughs> but anyway it's uh yeah Bark- can't win them all man the, the main problem is the offense, um, you know, yeah. do, they're, they're hanging in against some weaker teams, but, um, yeah, it's, it, I just this, don't see the path to a lot of touchdowns there, uh, just because of the offense just isn't able to get in scoring position very often. Yeah. It's, it's, he's just, he's so capped, right? His ceiling <laughs> is so capped yep. with this year. He's given you one game week two against your, your Minnesota Vikings, Dan with 27 points. Otherwise been under 19, Point seven, basically, uh, which he gave you, you know, in, in, against KC. But otherwise, it's been like in the teens, you know, like some double-digit action. But you're expecting 20-plus from Barkley every once in a while at least, right? Um, so, again, the Giants' offense kind of capping upside with talent there. Rashad White, then, having hell of a year, which is nice. I've got him in a couple spots. RB1 since week one. RB2 uh, in receiving yards, third in, rece- in receptions just across the board having a good season and, and seems to be, you know, ramping it up even as, as we get uh, down the stretch here in the season. How much do you like Rashad White uh, to take us to the promised land? Yeah, again, I think he's a, you know, really nice piece. Uh, we'd like to see more touchdowns out of him, but, uh, you know, he's yeah. getting those receptions. You know, he's he's a piece that can help get you there. Um, not, a, you know, again, not a, a piece that might put you over the top, but, uh, you know, Definitely a valuable contributor. Yeah, he's given us five uh, touchdowns so far this year. But like you said, you know, you want a bit more. Right. JC. You you, you need these guys who can get to multi-touchdowns on any given week. You know, they're not going to do it every week. But in any given week, you've got to have that possibility of getting a couple touchdowns. Yeah, and, and like you said, especially these big money tournaments, the farther you get, the deeper, the better these teams are that you're playing against. So you got to smash those big weeks. You got to have at least the opportunity to smash those big weeks. You know, if you're going in with like Keaton Mitchell as your RB one, you're in trouble. Um, you, you need those those like you said, the multi TDs for sure uh, will put you there, and that's why CMC is so valuable, right? He's he, he can definitely get those for you. JC Dan, a guy. We like coming into the season. Uh, we, you know, that he's going to deal with injuries, which is he was that was priced in. He's has an opportunity here. Um, you know, since he's back from I, uh, he was on IR. Yeah, since he's back from IR, he's given us like under, you know, not in the double digits at all. Under, you know, under ten points both games, but he's got a bounce back opportunity here against his his uh, his ex 
his ex team, Pittsburgh Steelers. Do you think he, he bounces back? Do you think he, he's someone you can use down the stretch? Uh, now that Kirk is back, or how do you feel about uh, Connor? Yeah, I think, you know, ideally you want to have a better answer than Connor. Uh, the offense is not great. Uh, Kyler is going to be stealing some of those rushing Kyler, touchdowns. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you've you got a lot of things going on there. You know, I'm not too concerned about uh, Michael Carter. I know he played a lot uh, last week, you know, and if you're just surfing the box score, you know, you look and you go, wow, he got almost as many carries as, uh, as Connor did. But really – Pretty much all of uh, Carter's work came in the fourth quarter after the game was out of hand. So, uh, you know, that's it doesn't really concern me. What concerns me is just the overall weakness of the offense, plus uh, Kyler up there siphoning off some of the rushing touchdowns. And Javante Williams in Denver balled out against KC in Buffalo weeks eight and nine. Otherwise, he's been a dud. He was. I don't. I don't think I have any Javante. He's just not someone I really wanted to invest in. I feel like, especially now, he's. He's got Jaleel there, and P. Ryan is still part of the equation. They seem to like him in certain spots. How do you feel about Williams down the stretch with the Broncos, who are actually not winning, Dan? Yeah, he's kind of squeezed Jaleel out over the past couple weeks. Uh, you know, so he's he's a guy that is maybe getting a little bit easier to trust, but uh, you know, still this offense is just not. They're not a huge scoring offense. You know, they're they're a team that tends to rely on their defense, and you know, let's try to you know get ahead. Kick, kick some field goals, you know, all that kind of thing. And, you know, Javante Williams, I do think he's got the, you know, he's got the right workload. It's just the team environment isn't giving him what he needs to push him over the edge. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, he's getting, yeah, 21 carries, 27. Those That was against, see, those are his only weeks, Dan, where he is getting that volume. That's kind of the problem against Casey. And I don't know if it's, I don't remember who was injured or not during that those weeks, but. Um, you'd, you'd want him to have that 20 plus 22 plus touches every week uh, right. is what you ideally want and maybe as they win now and you know this offense kind of settles under this new regime we, we do like you said see Javante maybe get more of those games um, you hope if you're his owner anyways Tony Pollard Dan I think is another guy that could definitely be a candidate to win fantasy land some leagues this year um, only four TDs year to date 12 last year so that's a pretty big difference you know if you own them you you feel that pain 4.2 yards per carry versus 5.2 dan last year his stats are still look really good last couple weeks um uh totally lost yeah last sorry last couple weeks 22.3 and 18 fantasy points um i think rest of season the way dallas is rolling dan you know we're talking about competition on your own team you definitely He's not, not, I mean, we saw, actually, I can't say that. We just saw Dowdle run into the end zone, uh, I believe, was was last week. So how do you feel about Tony Pollard uh, rest of the way? Yeah, I, I'm actually starting to feel pretty good about Pollard because, to me, the past couple of weeks, he's actually looked a little bit more like the old Tony Pollard. Uh, you know, and I think we're probably discounting a little bit too much, you know, because at the end of last year, he, he broke his leg. Uh, you know, he had to come back from that. It was, uh, you know ankle True. slash, uh, you know, tibia fibula, I, I, I forget which, but, um, you know, anyway, one of the bones in his lower break. Yeah, fibula, leg, fibula broken, fracture so. and high ankle sprain. Right, exactly. And that's, you know, that's a little bit more difficult to come back from, I think, than a lot of people were giving credit for, uh, you know, but he looks like he's kind of getting his burst back. And if he's getting his burst back on that offense, 
Yeah, that's a that's a player I would definitely like. You know, so if you're if you're in a dynasty league and you can find somebody who's still a little bit sour on Pollard and what's been going on this year, you know, that's a, that's a player I would try to uh, get a hold of if you can. Wheels up for Pollard for sure. Brees Hall, Dan, and the Jets. Um, RB six in receiving yards and receptions. RB seven in target share across the board. His stats are money. He's got only two dud weeks: week nine and week ten. Uh, pretty much kind of the same thing, right? He's coming off injury, so he, he he took over the backfield. Since he's taken taking over the backfield anyways, Dan, he's been pretty solid. Problem is he plays for the Jets, uh, but he does give you that RB3 upside every week. So how do you feel, you know, there's talk about Rodgers coming back, and, oh, man, that guy loves to talk about himself. Hey, Rodgers, it's unbelievable. I tweeted <laughs> that out today. I just, I'm listening to him on Pat McAfee, and I, I always do, but for some reason I'm like, man, this guy just – every week we'll talk an hour about his injury like no problem you know and he knows like you know whatever amount of people are listening it just blows my mind but anyways um yeah how do you feel about Brees Hall man he, he looks good but you know obviously in a better offense man he'd be crushing it yeah I mean I honestly um uh, I'm in some leagues I've benched him for wide receivers in the flex it's you know it's just how bad it is because that offense is just not scoring touchdowns. And until or unless they get some decent quarterback play. And right now, Aaron Rodgers is really the only hope of that. And, you know, that might not happen this year at all. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's just hard to play him because, you know what, he's getting you about, you know, 8 to 13 points, seems like, most weeks. And, uh, you know, that's just not getting it done for me. Uh, you know, I've got to get more than that. And, you know, so if I've got, you know, there are teams where I've still got to rely on him because, you know what, he's one of my best two running backs, and that's the way it goes. But uh, I don't love it, for sure. Yeah, I was going to say that team where you you probably have, you know, the Kyron Williams, like those kind of guys to, to put in the head. He, he yeah, kind of yeah. gave you those. He gave you like three solid weeks, Dan, from week five to week eight. But I feel like that was kind of like when uh, they were riding the Zach Wilson uh, short bus uh, <laughs> ride to nowhere, where where everybody just got on the bus. You know, they have their fresh sandwiches, and but then they realize they have like a two-hour ride in front of them, and they're like, "Oh man, it's not comfortable." But um, anyways, so I mean, you're you're happy if you have Brees Hall, I think, dynasty-wise, but. Um, and maybe that's a move to make if you're a contender, Dan. Would you make something like that? Uh, sacrifice the future with Bryce Hall and, and what he offers to go get yourself a piece that, that you more maybe more confident in? Maybe it's Tony Pollard or someone, Rashad White, something like that? Yeah, if I could trace, trade Bryce Hall for Pollard plus something uh, as a contender, I think that's a move I would probably make. There you go. You're at it right here. Travis Etienne and the Jacksonville Jags, Dan Andrew's team down there in uh, what do they call it again down there? I forget. Uh, you're talking. Uh, uh, you know what I'm. Anyways, it'll yeah. come to us. <laughs> Duval, Duval County. Yes, that's Duval. it. Duval County. Uh, it's yeah, an RB five fantasy points per game. He's been solid. Jacksonville's been solid. Must start every week. Dan, what do you think about Etienne? Any any faults? Any holes there? That uh, there's Don Don F Duval. There it is. <laughs> The, the touchdown deodorant has kind of gone away a little bit for uh, ETN, and so that's made it a little bit tougher. Uh, you know, they've been scoring more through the air. Uh, Lawrence, know, Lawrence, is ru- Lawrence has rushed yeah. in like three touchdowns too, yeah. Right, yeah, we, t- we, we talked about this, uh, you know, like th- I think three weeks ago, something like that. Uh, you know, it was the shoe was on the other foot. We were talking about what's it going to take for Trevor Lawrence to get off on track. And I'm like, man, you know, ETN is just scoring so many rushing touchdowns 
and it's just not leaving enough for Lawrence. Now it's kind of going the other way. Lawrence is scoring enough touchdowns. It's not leaving enough for ETN. So it's kind of a little bit, it's bouncing back and forth. This is a team that's good, but just not great. If, if, if ETN was on the 49ers, man, he, he would be hammering it almost as good as uh, McCaffrey. I'm pretty convinced of that. But, you know, it's, it's Jacksonville. It's just not quite that good. And so it's going to be a little bit more up and down there. Dan, we're right at we're right at the six. So I'm going to throw Jameer Gibbs as my next possible kind of league winner. I just like what he offers. RB twelve since week nine. Detroit, they you know get that defense going again and 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 focus on the running game. I, I just think the upside there is nice. Uh, James Cook, I you know I like, like James Cook. Just kind of another one of those guys that not getting the goal line action uh who's someone that you like uh just to close this out that we maybe haven't talked about yet uh rest away yeah Ramondre stevenson has kind of been coming on a little bit again uh he was he was really having to share the job a little too much with zeke elliott right now he's one of the only things working in that offense uh you know again we'd like to see more rushing touchdowns but as far as you know getting plenty of uh receptions and getting a, a good share of the rushing load, uh, you know, you could do worse. He's not fantastic. You know, he's not going to be a Tony Pollard. He's not going to be a league winner. But he's a guy I think he can rely on, uh, you know, as a, a, a piece to a championship rather than one of the, you know, he's not going to be the driver of it, but uh, he, could, he can definitely be a, a contributing factor. Yeah, again, <laughs> Joanne. What's up, Joanne? She's excited about Ramondre. He's he's back, man. He's, uh, he's yes. uh, what was it, 2020? 21 points against the Giants. I mean, he's been legit. He's, he's even giving you an RB2 week uh, against Washington. So he's, uh, as much as New England's been poopy, that you got to think they're going to go to Ramondre. Chat's been awesome. We appreciate you guys, as always. Anthony, Don, uh, Uncle Ted, the snowman, you guys are all awesome. Dan, always, always a blast doing this with you. Uh, good luck to everyone in this upcoming week. Um, big week. Hopefully you get the W's, get, get to the playoffs and we'll be back right here next tuesday 9 30 p.m eastern live via the player profiler network we appreciate you and we'll check you all later You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy Trade's not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. Fish.